So in this episode, Scott and I are going to be talking about, do women prefer dating bad boys, like assholes and douchebags? Is that the winning formula here? Do you need to be a dick in order to win the game, right? And is this better or worse than being a nice guy? What, what even is a nice guy? How do you recover from that if that's something you want? And ultimately, is there a more effective strategy here? Do I have to choose between being a pushover and a total asshole? Or is there a, a third path here that is even more effective? And Scott and I both believe that that is the case. We're going to talk about how to get there and uh, what that looks like. If I stop and think about like what is the most masculine thing that I can think about, it's like this warrior that's like laughing on the field of battle. Like they're having a good time. And even though there's all this death and destruction and chaos around them, they're there in their joy. Like they're not worried about what's coming. They're just there and alive. <sighs> okay. Welcome, <laughs> welcome back. My name is Rob Wong, and of course, with me today, your man Scott Pagliaccio. Welcome, hello, how are you? Yeah, welcome, welcome. This is the Great Date Guy podcast, soon to be rebranded to something that we don't know yet. Um, and so today, today we're going to be talking about why there's a dog barking at me in the back in the background. <laughs> 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 That's cool. Okay, 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 okay. All right. So, um, what what we're talking about? <laughs> what we're talking about today is what do women actually like? Bad boys. Like, so we know that they don't really like nice guys. That's not really a thing that works for them. But like, what about bad boys? Is there some credence to the idea that women only date dicks and assholes? Um, so. I, I think I think there's a lot of there's a lot of nuance here that we want to dive into. Um, so maybe maybe it'd be helpful like this to like define nice guys first and and bad boys as well and take it from there. Um, so so over on my end, when I when I think about a nice guy, I think of someone who is very deferential to other people, and they're not doing it only because they want other people to feel good it's it, it is out of like a fear and people pleasing if i don't do it this way then people won't like me and i can't risk being myself because that's not the optimal strategy it's very fear-based um and th this can be like a very under the radar thing because like we we like to think of ourselves as like good people with pure motivations but if I were to ask you to make a request of someone for what you actually want and you notice like, oh, like, oh, like there's this internal cringe, like, I can't do that. That would be crazy. Why would I do that? If you notice a reaction, then a lot of that behavior, and I see that in myself, I, I would say is rooted in this sort of like nice guy, like, hey, I don't want to step on anyone's toes because it would be too confronting kind of behavior. Um so I'd be curious about what your definition is, Scott. Uh, yeah, that, you know, well put, Rob. And I think it's a behavior because I see it in myself as well. I think it's a behavior that I learned in childhood, man. Take, taking it back, like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't want to lose relationship. So I'd rather abandon or contort myself and, you know, meet the other person's needs rather than advocating for myself. And uh, I, I definitely can trace it back to, you know, early childhood, um, you know, wanting, you know, wanting my parents to be okay, um, making sure that they were all right, um, not wanting to lose connection, uh, you know, and I think it carried on for a really long time in my life in through uh, my teenage years with, you know, dating. Um, I didn't want to upset, you know, my partner or my girlfriend at the time. Um, yeah, so I, I think a nice guy is just someone who is unaware. Um, you know, that's who I was for a really long time. Just not super aware of my needs, my wants. It was, you know, just kind of a normal behavior. And, uh, until it wasn't, until it wasn't serving me anymore. So, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Kind of my mission. I I I I love that you brought this up because it's it's having me like kind of consider that there's like nuances to this as well. It's like it's not no one ever chooses to be in that situation where they're like being a pushover and only deferring to the other person. It's based in trauma. Um, and, and there's also, I think this other element of like, well, you know, maybe that's what we learned as a means of relating to people. Like that was the only way that we knew. And we, we didn't discover the other stuff because like family considered it to be like too offensive or whatever. So for whatever reason, there's this behavior of putting this other person before me, I'm going to fill their cup. And maybe if their cup is full enough, mine will get filled too. And I would say that the problem with this approach is often, and let me know if you agree with this or, or disagree. Um, I think the problem for me, as I've seen it in myself in the past, is I'm so busy trying to take care of this other person that I don't take care of myself. I get burned out and I start lashing out at that other person. There's like some resentment that builds up because it's like I'm doing all this stuff for this other person and I don't really feel that appreciated or fulfilled in this relationship. So what am I even doing? Um, and that, that led to its own, like, kind of like weird pattern of conflict and a strange dynamic, uh, all because of that one well-intentioned behavior. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I see that similar, uh, you know, in myself for sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, in, you know, leaving yourself behind to, to take good care of others and, you know, filling their cup up and not your own. I mean, I could see how resent would build up. It's like, if I, it's kind of like the, <laughs> the analogy of if you're going down in an airplane, you know, you're supposed to put the mask on you first and then you save the children, you know, so you're resourced enough. Uh, I, I think it's super important to, to first of all, be compassionate towards yourself. Like this, like you said, this is a learned behavior. This is something that was, you know, it's not our fault. And then once we become old enough or like I was having a conversation with a friend today, like taking responsibility. So being kind to yourself, recognizing that this is a pattern in your life and how it's serving you or how it's not serving you. And then you're like, okay, I, I see how this is detrimental to the relationship and to myself. So I'm going to be kind, compassionate, love myself there because I didn't know any better. And if I did, I would have done better. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I think then from that place, rather than this inner critic place or this, you know, self-deprecating place, you know, you learn some new tools and, you know, you start to take personal responsibility and, um, you know, deal with conflict in the present moment, you know, handling it like an adult. You know, you start to learn new ways. Uh, you know, like you and I, we studied at the relationship school. You know, I didn't know all this stuff until I did. And I was like, wow, this is changing my life. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's that's a good place to start. I want, I want to echo that piece around self-compassion, because as we're talking about nice guys versus assholes, I think that's sort of the bridge here. Like, how does someone... Like asshole, bad guy, right? Bad boy. Um, yeah. And I, I think that that like self-rejection leads to the path of being like sort of the dickish sort of dude. Yeah. Um, like if I'm not kind to me, then my knee-jerk reaction is going to be like, I need to crush out this weakness. Like this stuff, like this boyhood, like contorting behavior, like fuck it. And there's like a, a hard right from where things used to be into like hating that part of who we are that like cares about other people and wants them to feel good and is concerned, right? There's that empathy as well. Yeah. And in, in the attempt to escape from that, I've, I've seen this in myself. There's uh, all of a sudden, like, not only is there self hatred that sort of radiates out to other people like, Oh, well this person wants me to take care of them. Like screw them for like putting their emotions on me. Like fuck that person. And it, it begins to bleed into relationships as well. Um, that lack of compassion at first feels like, hey, well, this is the opposite of weakness. It's strength. I'm being strong. I'm being a man. But it's sort of just a reaction in the other way, uh, into anger. Uh, and I think that if 
and I, I don't have like a ton of experience at this, but from what I understand, women prefer bad boys to nice guys sometimes yeah. um, because at least that, that version of, of masculinity is at, at asking for what it, or taking what it wants. Yeah. Um, it, it's a bit higher up than the nice guy vibe of being totally inauthentic. At least when someone is being a, a bad boy or an asshole, they are going for what they want in life. But um, as, as I think I think uh, you were saying that Ash was saying, who we interviewed a, a couple of episodes ago, yeah. that like, hey, women don't actually prefer the bad boy. That is not the preference. Uh, and I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts about like, hey, uh, did, I, did I cover off on everything that you think a bad boy is? And also, how does that fit into the larger conversation with Ash and what women prefer? Yeah, I think I, well, I think what I heard you saying was that the nice guy turns into the bad boy in some ways, like, and that's a, it's higher up on the food chain of masculinity or whatever you want to call it. Because in some way that man, the bad, the bad boy is actually, you know, going for what he wants, but not in a healthy way. He's not grounded. He's not integrated. It's not coming from a heart centered place. He's not emotionally aware. He's, lashing out he's you know projecting his shit onto other people so i think what ashley was saying like circle back around to that is that it's an integration between both you know the the uh, nice guy and the bad boy so a person who is kind and coming from his heart and you know and then a, a man who is powerfully asking for what he wants and you know, going for it, but then also, you know, he has his cock and his heart and his mind fully integrated, his emotions, he's, he's grounded, he's not reactive, he's responsive, um, he's aware of other people's needs and wants and, you know, has healthy boundaries. Um, and when he starts to model that, what typically happens from what I understand Ashley's saying was that a woman, you know, prefers that and will kind of follow that lead is kind of what I got. Um, does that land for you over there? Yeah, I, I think so. Like I'm, I'm trying to like map this over to like how my preferences when it comes to women, like I, I think there was a time in my life that I only dated women that like were really subby, like really submissive. Um, and in, in a lot of ways that was like not too bad, but it was like me in the lead all the time. And she didn't mm. really have any real opinion. She would just defer to what I wanted. Mm. Um, uh, then I started dating women purely because of emotional attraction. And those relationships were good in some ways, but like they kept on ending up in like fights, like just constantly poking each other. Cause like neither of us was willing to budge. We both wanted to do things our own way yeah. uh, and we couldn't rectify that. And I'm, I'm kind of relating that to the whole nice guy, bad boy thing. Like the nice guy would be the constant capitulation. The bad boy would be like, hey, I'm just going to go what I want. And it's my way or the highway. Get the fuck wow. out. Um, and, and if I look at what I would prefer in someone that I'm dating, uh, it, would, it would be like the stability of dating someone who is submissive and willing to follow my lead combined with the chemistry of someone who like authentically wants to be there like that's fulfilling for them it's it's a turn on for them so it's it's those things for me as well like i get to bask in that experience mm. it's it's almost like the um like we've pulled out all the thorns and the spikiness of of the the bad boy situation or or the the strong emotional con uh, attraction uh, situation and then p combine that with stability, like, and that sounds really nice. That actually sounds like exactly what I've been looking for. Yeah, so, it, yeah, right. Like, so th yeah. Th that makes sense to me that that would be appealing to women if that is indeed what she is talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I, what What do you think the draw is for a woman that they would prefer? You know. What, what makes a bad boy attractive in your, in your experience or in your opinion? Um, what did you notice? 
Yeah. I mean, have you been the bad boy? I'm curious. I mean, have you been that guy? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah that's like, where did all these tattoos come from? I was, I was, you know, like... yeah, we're all sleeved out. So yeah, I just never had a motorcycle. I did. I did. I got, I did. I went the whole nine, man. I was doing like jujitsu, boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai. Uh, I had a motorcycle. I got my tattoos, shaved my head. Like I was working out, bench pressing 225 when I weighed 140 or something. Like I went crazy with it. Um, and to some extent, I think there's, th there is like a masculinity to it, right? Because like I'm, I'm out to do things my way. Um, there's a draw, but I'm, oh man, I had something a, a second ago and then it just like slipped out of my mind, but it does, it does make sense to me that that would be more attractive. I think that like, at the very least, that person is willing to take the lead. Um, uh. like I can trust that that person is probably going for what that person wants rather than they might be doing it out of people pleasing. They might not even be here because they want to be here kind of deal. Um, but, but I also think that like, Oh, here it is. Here it is. Um, okay. there's a, there's this idea, I think, um, where people date the opposite of who they are. They, like if I look most of the women that I've dated have been like really bubbly, really happy, excited about life. And I was like this fucking storm cloud, like, oh, I'm a lone wolf. Ugh. And yeah. like, you know, we, we go for the, the people that possess things that we sort of inherently want to possess, but can't possess. Mm. Um, but when that happens, there's this like other thing that occurs, right? Because the reason why we don't have those things that our partner has is because it's too triggering for us to obtain that skill set like me skipping through a field of tulips fuck no right like it's just like i would never do that it would be it would be offensive for me if someone suggested that i needed to do that um because like it's terrifying that challenges like what 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 i'm allowed to do as a man um so i think that there's there's chemistry that exists within that uh, because this person is finally beginning to get a little bit more authentic, even if they are super triggered about it. Um, but it's more explosive because like, hey, here's all of this trauma that none of you have dealt with. Yeah, man, that makes perfect sense to me. I noticed that I attract women who are the complete opposite of me. I super powerful, super, you know, dominant. Like I, I can skip through tulips no problem, man. I, I was dancing, slow dancing with dudes last night at our men's group, but I have no fucking problem with that at all. I actually, I loved it. I loved how triggering it was for me and for these other men to watch them cringe, man. When I said, we're not doing wall sits today, we're doing fucking slow dancing with each other. And they were like, no, nah, man. And I'm like, yeah, we are. Let's, we're going for that. <laughs> I have no problem. So usually the women that I, that I, I'm attracted to are like the complete you know, they are still soft and sensitive and all those things as well. And yeah, I just, you know, I'm that way too. Like I have no problem with that. And then it's triggering for me to learn business and uh, technology and things like that. And um, so, yeah, I can see what you're saying where <laughs> being attracted to someone who's opposite of you is super triggering. And just for the listener, it's also super healing if you can find someone who's willing to meet you and be patient with you and understand you and, you know, uh, be kind. I mean, I think that's the move, right? Like to find someone who, because I don't want somebody who's just like me. I want somebody who has a different opinion, who's, you know, strong, who, yeah, who is pretty much the complete opposite of me and has a skill set, you know, that I don't have, and I feel like I can grow. Um, so what I'm learning is, is that being uncomfortable and being able to deal with that conflict and, and do it in a skilled way is like a path um, of whole to wholeness. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. I, I think that like brings up a really good point as well. Like, Hey, how do we, how do we graduate from the bad boy stage? And I, I think it's very much this. It's like, what keeps me from being able to stay inside of a relationship 
I relate the bad boy vibe to being more of like a fuck you kind of energy, even though it's like, hey, this person does really want a relationship. But like when things get confronting, it's like, fuck you, I'm out. Right. Um, and like when we sit with that emotion and where where it comes up and start noticing patterns and then extinguishing the reaction that happens there, like, oh, oh, shit. OK, right. I must be really triggered. Let me sit with this. Let me be in this discomfort for like 20 minutes. Let me have a conversation with my partner, own my part, and then like like hold space for them while they talk about what that experience was like for them. Let me go through all the steps that would have been too much to handle before and in so doing expand my capacity to be with more and more and more. And I, I think that, that that's where the transition begins to happen. But I think it's also one of the most uncomfortable things Yeah, it is uncomfortable. It's extremely uncomfortable, man. And it's it, and I feel like it's a superpower that I've been able to cultivate over years of practice, man. Being in the like, even with you the other day in that coaching call, um, you're like, hey, man, where do you want to go with this? Do you want to dip your toe in the water or do you want to go straight into the fire? And I'm like, man, I want to go into the fire because I think that's where the alchemy is, is in, in the deep end, in, in the most challenging part. I've noticed that facing your emotions head on and and for me, that's me. For the listener, I'm not suggesting that you should do what I do. Um, but what I noticed is being with the discomfort in the present moment with your partner, with a friend, with whoever you're having, you know, these challenges with is, is actually, um, is actually the move. And it's super, like you said, it expands your capacity, you know, to be with. And that feels like love for me. It feels very um like compassionate and kind because i'm able to be with my own experience and not you know and not go over there on their side and and try to fix them or you know make sure that they're okay it's like i know that by me being with myself and allowing them to be fully self-expressed that you know oh man I'm, i kind of lost my train of thought there I got you. I got you covered. I, I was All right, thinking, cool. Yeah, Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a crazy day, man. Been yeah. facing a lot of discomfort today and, and dysregulation and um, being in the fire and uh, and I just lost my train. It's going to drift off. Um, but okay, I, I think that the relevance here though is like if I stop and think about like what is the most masculine thing that i can think about it's like this warrior that's like laughing on the field of battle like they're having a good time and even though there's all this death and destruction and chaos around them they're there in their joy like they're not worried about what's coming they're just there and alive and when i think about what i've been learning lately inside of sitting in the fire uh, what's really present to me was in the past I was very busy trying to fill the void inside. And if you're listening right now, maybe you can relate. It's kind of that sense of like restlessness, like I'm incomplete. I need to be doing something in order to fill the gap inside of me that is always there, whether I'm lonely or it feels like I need to be doing something. Like there's this churn, like I need to be on to the next peak experience. Otherwise I'm just like wasting my life or I just feel really bad, right? I think one of the most masculine things that you can do is to embrace that void instead of trying to fix it. You become that source of unchanging stillness and emptiness, right? Like I know that inside of this emptiness that exists within me, everything is impermanent. Uh, every thought, every emotion, every feeling, every sensation that arises will die eventually. Mm -hmm. And there, there's a sort, there, there's a sort, and there's a sort and kind of. <laughs> I don't know what accent that is. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But but there is a certain kind of security in knowing that, hey, no matter what kind of suffering comes my way, it's gonna go away. I'm gonna survive this shit, and if I get really good at this, it'll be here for like five minutes, and then I'm gonna be laughing again on the battlefield. And there's a certain kind of invulnerability that arises because like, what are we actually afraid of as men? 
right? It's just like if I get rejected, it's not actually the fact that someone's saying no to my face. It's the emotions that I have to feel after someone rejects me, right? Mm. If yeah. I don't get the job, it's not that I like what I know that I can go and find another position. I can apply for another one. I can get work. But it's like the fear that comes up of like, oh, fuck, like, what if I get, what if I'm homeless? Like, what, what would my family think about me? What do my friends think about me? Am I falling behind? Those are all emotions. But when I can deal with that and go back to being that laughing warrior, then like nothing's gonna, nothing's gonna stop me. People want to be around that energy. They're going to hire me because. Whoops, I just muted myself. They're going to hire me That's because cool, it's man. enjoyable. Thanks, dude. <laughs> Because it's enjoyable oh, to be cool. around me. And then the more. Yeah, so this makes girls wet. This is why girls. Yeah. So you're a bad boy, but with good intention. What What is it? What is it that. So you're like. A, you're emotionally aware. And then this is like a turn on for women. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think. I, I think. I think what it is, is like the bad boy is kind of a front, right? Like mm, yeah. a bad boy is a nice guy trying to act differently. Uh, right. But like. The, the next stage in this evolution, I'm just going to call it laughing warrior because that's fun. Um, that's, that's grounded in reality. That person actually doesn't care and not in like a nihilistic fuck you kind of way, but it's like either or, you know, give it or take it. Whatever happens to me, I'm going to be fine. That person is invulnerable. Women, I think, from what I've been told by the people that I've dated and, and the clients that I coach, also women. They want to feel safe and secure, right? They want to feel wanted too. That's important. But, but like primarily, she's not going to be aroused or like turned on by you if she also thinks that you might murder her for the most part, <laughs> right? It's not right. safe. Absolutely <laughs> for sure. Well, what what do, what do you think about this, Rob? Like some, what about what about this? What do you think about um, some strong women feel like a bad boy can match their energy, like their power? I think that's true. I think that's yeah. definitely true. But like, I I also think that that's fun until the bad boy loses his cool, right? Until that bad boy gets triggered by something that that powerful woman is doing. Yeah. And then they break up, right? Or he like starts yeah. lashing out or it's verbal or physical oh, or yeah. emotional abuse. Yeah, he's he might be a big dude that can protect her from other dudes, but the dude that he needs to, the dude that, she needs to be protected from is him because he's fucking a time bot, ticking time bot. He's fucking one minute he's all good, and and I'm seeing this in myself. And then the next minute he's explosive and lashing out and saying hurtful things or maybe even physical violence or emotional, you know, violence or whatever it is. Um, yeah, that's that's what I've noticed, man. So the bad boy is cool for a while, but. Then he turns into a huge, you can see his true colors. Yeah, until you step on the landmine and then it's all fucked up. And that isn't to say that like, hey, this like that makes them bad people. Because like we, yeah, we all have those yeah. triggers, like I mean, the one raising, thing. That's why I'm, that's why I started a men's group. You know, I mean, I was that guy. I, mean, I really literally was. Um, and I didn't understand why, you know, my, my people did, you know, my kids, my wife, you didn't feel safe. Yeah. Really relatable, man. I, I, when I grew up, I was the kid that communicated by punching. Anger has been a constant thing for me. And I think I, I went in the opposite direction of anger to just like no emotions because it was like, you know, I, I hurt people when I get angry. This I, It's not safe for me to be angry around other people. I'll deal with this on my own. And so that's that's kind of the route that I've gone for most of my life and a lot of it has been like circling back around to piece it together from there like fuck i built this entire life where i don't need to rely on other people it also makes it really easy to say fuck you to other people so relationships don't last mm. so now it's like ooh, how do i trust people again how do i learn to rely on people even though i feel instinctively that they'll betray me and, and that's just stuff that needs to be healed uh and i think that's Maybe that's that's why we're talking here today. That's I think maybe the point of what we're doing on this podcast lately. Like, you might be good, you know, you might fit into society. You might have a job that you love. You might be dating someone very attractive, and yet, despite all those things, 
is there more suffering in your life than you would like? And that's how we begin to address it, I think. Yeah, man, hundred percent. And in like what you said was really brilliant. And it, and it made me think about something I feel very strongly about, like you said about trusting. And in my experience, trust isn't external of me. It isn't in another human being. It's I trust myself. Mm-hmm. And when I feel trust, when I'm embodying trust and when I'm grounded in trust, then I can attract someone, you know, I, I have to be that first before I can attract that to me. You know, that's how I, I really, that's been my experience. Like nothing is external. Nothing's outside of me. Whatever I desire, I already possess. So I have to embody that trust. And then I think there's another piece is like, you know, how do we let women see like that a, a real woke dude or whatever you want to call it, it, you know, is more powerful, is is more masculine than either the bad boy or the nice guy? You know, how is this integrated man, this new man? You know, he's not the new age wimp or the, the fucking, uh, you know, the douchebag, but he's this, you know, powerful warrior that we like, you know, whatever. Yeah. How, how do we do that? Well, I, I feel like, I feel like as I get closer and closer to that place for myself, it becomes very clear that it's just not something that that person needs to prove anymore. Yeah. Like it's just who they are. And there, there's just a different vibe around people with emotional backing to who they are. Mm. Um, the thing that stands out to me is like every once in a while, I'll run into a woman who I don't really have any physical attraction to, but like, man, there's something about her that is just this massive draw. I want this person in my life. I want to experience them more. And to me, that represents a small piece of like what it's like to be around someone who's done that kind of work. They're just like, what the fuck is going on with this person? Like, I shouldn't be drawn in. There's nothing on the surface that's there, or maybe there is, but it's like, there's something tangibly different this person stands out from all other people and i don't know why um and i think that's part of what draws people in but there's also i think that additional sense of like well this person isn't reactive to shit like i i can tell them anything and they'll be they'll be like laughing go along they'll, they'll have a good time um i could they could be having the worst day of their life and they're still like great to be around what is it about this person and I think mm. there's that curiosity and like the safety provides room oh, for a lot said, of stuff. You fucking nailed it, bro. Like that's it. I, yeah. I, hey, I'm sorry for interrupting, but you said something that just really lit me up. <laughs> no, you're good, dude. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, and let, let me know if this is like on the same page as what you're thinking. But like for me, I used to be very focused on like, how do I make this girl laugh, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, how do I get her to feel deep feelings about me? How do I create this spark? Mm-hmm. But I really didn't understand that like all that shit just happens naturally yeah. once I stop reacting. Yeah. Like if my space is clean, if, if I'm providing that space of safety and I've dealt with all of my triggers, that the, the chemistry will just be there. It'll just show up on its own. Um, and so I think that, that that safety thing is sort of like, it's like telling someone that they need to do like 50 minutes of power walking every single day. It's like, what the fuck is that going to do? Or, but it's it's sort of everything, which isn't to say that power walking is a great exercise, but you, you know, it's like, it's underrated. People don't get it. <laughs> they don't, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like safety, um, I, I posted something about that on my social, on my Instagram the other day. Like, it's a big thing, man. It's something I've been hearing frequently from women. Five words that are so powerful to me as a man. It makes me, um, it makes me feel just more powerful than any five words I've ever heard. And they are, I feel safe with you. Like when I hear a woman say that, like my cock gets hard, dude, to be honest with you. My chest pops out. 
I, I mean, I, I go really strong in my body. There's something very fucking powerful for me in those words. And uh, yeah, I mean, that tells me my space is clear. Yeah. Yeah, this is reminding me of a past conversation that we had around surrender and orgasms and being a sex god. She <laughs> needs to be able to surrender to you, but she can't do that unless she feels safe. And that that's... Yeah. It's like the foundation for a lot of really sexy things. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Dude, yeah. Um, one, one thing that I wanted to throw in is like, you, you can take my opinion on this with a grain of salt, but like Scott just fucking got a date with a news anchor that was interviewing him for like 15 minutes. Like he was just, he has a date with her. And like this, this, this happens like every single time I have a conversation with him. He's just got another like hot woman that he's on a date with. And you want to pay attention to what he believes in and how he's conducting himself. Cause like, I don't know anyone else that is getting this much attraction from women all the time. Like, He's not trying to be any particular kind of way. It's just like, what does he believe in? And how can I adopt those belief sets for myself? Because those are the things that will actually make you effective. It's it's almost always mindset. It, and I'll be honest with you, Rob, what I'm noticing coming up for me is it's really, it's really being in touch, like really being in connection with myself and, and being self-aware and just noticing um, in the moment. Like, and just speaking, what comes up for me, I, I just authentically noticed, I'm like, I feel a connection and what, whatever was in the moment, I just speak it. And, and they, I believe people can feel that from you. It's not some sort of um, uh, technique. It's just, I think it goes back to what you said earlier about being clear in your space, man, having just feel, being able to feel your intuition, your into your body. My body tells me what to say, kind of like, oh, wow, that was this girl smiled at me. I felt a connection or I felt a connection and an attraction. Go up and say hello. Introduce yourself. Um, what's the harm in that? And when that comes up, I pay close attention to it and I honor my want. I'm like, and it's with guys too. I go up to men the same way that I go up to women. I, I've mentioned this before. It's not just, you know, it's a genuine curiosity. It's a genuine like want to connect with another human being. And, you know, sometimes it's a connection with a woman and sometimes it's both a connection and an attraction. And I just follow it. I just follow what my heart or my, my gut says. And I, I don't hesitate. Or maybe I hesitate a little bit. And then I'm like, when, when I notice the hesitation, that's a signal for me to lean in or get curious. Yeah. Not, uh, yeah, not be afraid, like really trusting myself. And that's very new for me, man. It's not like, it's not something I've been doing all my life. Um, but the clearer I get in myself, the easier it is to follow that. And it's just like a, a really beautiful guide. I, th I think this is helping me see another difference that I would like a delineation between all the different modes that we've discussed here today. So we started off with the nice guy and the nice guy is like externally referenced. My value is based off of what women think of me. Am I attractive to women? What does this yeah. person want? Um, and so it's very like a, a leaf in the wind, like it, your value could fluctuate any day based off of what someone else's opinion of you is. Yeah. When I think about the bad boy, I think it's very natural to assume that it's internally referenced. What do I want? What do I want to go for? And I think there's a little bit of, the, a little bit of that beginning to show up. But I also think that when I was in that space, it was still externally referenced. It's mm -hmm. still in reaction to like what other people want, but it might be like a fuck you. You want me to do that? Fuck you. I'm not going to give it to you because that's what you want and you're trying to control me. Yeah. It's still externally referenced just yep. in reaction the other way. When we talk about the whole laughing warrior archetype, I think it's when everything becomes internally referenced and you're able to maintain the external reference when you want to. But the, the, key, the key point here is when you want to, right? right. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's cool to see. That's that's something that I hadn't really considered before, but but it feels true to me. How does that land for you, man? It lands it lands perfectly, man. It's it, what you're saying. This is something I just spoke about today as well. It's instead of you know being the leaf in the wind, where the the bad boy and the good guy are both basing uh, their way of being through an external reference. Hey, I'm going to do whatever I can for you to like me. And this other guy's like, Hey, fuck you. I'm going to do whatever I can. So you don't try to, or, you know, control me. And then this sec, the third guy, the grounded, the, the integrated man is like, I am so grounded in myself that, you know, I am not concerned with the good opinion of others. And what your opinion is, what your opinion is of me is none of my business. It's like, I, know what my needs are. I know what my wants are. I, I have healthy boundaries. I'm not going to let you walk all over me. Um, I'm going to advocate for what I want and what I need inside of a relationship. And I'm going to do it in a way that you also are able, you know, everybody's getting their needs met inside of it. Yeah. Um, where both of those guys are not really getting their actual needs met. Yeah. Yeah, that I think that was like an unfortunate reality for me when I was in my bad boy phase. I was constantly pulling away from relationships and blaming the other person for like the like the restlessness and boredom and unfulfillment that I was feeling. Like this this person should be making me feel happy. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it's not funny, but it is funny. Like, it, oh yeah, it's your responsibility to make me feel okay. Yeah, when when I don't even know how to make me feel okay, right? That's not cool. How could I put that on someone else when I don't even know what the answer is? Yeah. Uh, and and it, it is still like I'm not getting what I want. I'm 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 in reaction to the old way of being. And what I really wanted back then was just like a life partner. I wanted my ride or die. Mm. Um, but I I have this this sinking feeling that even if I had run into her, and I might have. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready for that relationship. I couldn't, I, there's no way I could have held it. Yeah. Yeah. Same here, man. Until very recently. And it's still a work in progress. And this goes back to what I said earlier. You have, you want to attract, you know, truth and honesty. Then you have to be that you want to, you want to attract the partner of your dreams. Be that, yeah. be that first. There is no fucking checklist. You become that. And as you become that, I think you become more, attractive more you know sexy the, the more you are living in your absolute truth where you're not needing anything i don't need you in my life i want you in my life i got my i can take care of my needs i can love myself i'm internally referencing my needs my my needs come from within me i don't need you to tell me you love me or take care of me financially or whatever it is. And that's my responsibility as a, as a, as a whole man, I guess you could call it. Um, yeah. That part of my life dialed in. I like that you brought this up. Cause I think this is an important distinction. It's oftentimes something that a lot of, a lot of alpha bros get wrong. Um, it's like, it's often like painted as like uh, outcome independence, right? You're not supposed to care what happens either way. But it's easy to take that into the territory of nihilism. Nothing matters anyway. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. But, yeah. but you do care, right? It's like yeah. there's there's anger there. Yeah. And what we're talking about is a little bit different. It's like you don't care, but it but it's only because you're so full and complete that it, it doesn't actually matter if it happens. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a very yeah. gentle sort of like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. It's fine. Like, cool. Like you're busy this Saturday. All right. Yeah. No biggie. Like, yes. Hmm? Yeah. yeah. It's no. like, I don't care. And I care very deeply. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is a huge part of that around opening up enough to, it's hard to draw the connection there, but caring a lot matters too. Like I have to have the ability to be vulnerable enough to care about something a lot. Have yeah. to be willing to lose it for me to accept that this mm. is the state of things. Yeah, because you know what? What what do we get to keep between birth and death? Nothing. It's in this constant 
flow and it's in constant flux. Relationships change. People die. Um, you know, your car gets stolen and it's not, be, you know, not being attached to that. And, and, and when the, when things do change, it's being accepting of that and, and understanding. And, you know, this is part of life, man. This is a keeping, I think for me, it's been keeping my heart open and not contracting and pulling away. Like, oh, like open to the full human experience. Feel it. This is, is what we're here for, Rob. You tell this to me all the time. Yeah. You, you laugh at me all the time. Every time <laughs> I'm in some kind of fucking pain, emotionally you, you, you respond to me by laughing. And I love it because it makes me understand the truth of what I just said. It makes me understand that this is what we came for. I came to feel this and I came to feel it fully. And I know that it, this too shall pass. And my capacity to be with it only increases my capacity to love more, to, to be more, to hold more, to show up more. Um, and it's so beautiful, man. So beautiful. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, man. Like I, I was like fumbling around for why feeling everything and being in love with everything is important. Because on the surface, it sounds like I'm just skipping through a field of daisies again. And it's like, oh, <laughs> I don't want that. But it's like, hey, what's the alternative? What if I'm so cool and physically distanced from everything that I can't feel anything? Yeah. Why would, why would I fucking live a life like that? Why would I go through the motions on everything and live a life that's just gray? That sounds like a horrible way to live. I don't need 80 years of that. One day of that isn't, I fucking, no, pass. Like, why be alive at all? Wouldn't yeah. I rather have the full majesty and drama and glory mm. and fucking messiness and the train wrecks mm. of reality? That's what I am here for. Um, I came from the void. I will go back to the void. The only reason why I left the void was to experience something different. Yeah. So have the experience. Ride the ride. Hell yeah, man. I love that. That was brilliant, man. I really, like, I was, I, my heart is just expanded just listening to you say what you just said. And it feels so, it, it, like, I, the, what you just explained had me feel the fullness. I felt the experience. I felt the roller coaster ride of what it is to be human. And it's beautiful, man. And I, like, as you were talking about it, like I was thinking of moments, you know, being present with you and then thinking of moments when I was in excruciating pain and how fortunate I am to feel that I'm still alive to feel that. And then I remember feeling, you know, absolute joy and, you know, serenity and how beautiful it is to feel that. And then just like these waves, that's what it felt like when you were speaking, man. These, I could feel in my body these waves of just all of it, and it like crashing against me inside of my body. Wow, man, it's so, it's so great to be human and to be in this body and to get to experience and, you know, fuck, it's awesome. One day, you may not have that opportunity, man, so feel it, feel it all, and don't try to push it away too quickly, man. I think I think that pain is the is the greatest seasoner. Like, let it rip through you, like no other uh, like no no other thing can. It's really beautiful to be with. I have nothing to add to that. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, shit. Yeah. Um, let me think. Are there any closing thoughts here? I mean, as always, for me, I think it just comes back to. Like, I, I am putting forward a few ideas here, and it may be tempting to take those ideas and just, like, barrel through with them. Like, I need to get here. I need to get here. And if I haven't gotten here, then I'm a loser and I'm failing. And I will say that the trick to getting here is not striving. It's actually the opposite. It's being very kind and compassionate with yourself. I've failed. Okay, that hurts. Hey, yep. what do I need right now? Yeah. Um, and the more you, um, I, I, I won't put that on you as a listener, but the more I've learned to do that, the more I'm resilient. Like next time, I got this. I don't. I don't even. 
I don't know what's coming tomorrow, but I know that it's going to be fine. Um, and I just want to make it clear that, hey, that's not born out of hating yourself enough that someday you toughen up. It's the other way around. Love and care for yourself enough. And that will build you up. Mm. That was beautiful. I've, I'm leaving it right there, man. And I'm, I have nothing to add to that. Thank you. It's great. Thank you, man. And thank you, the listener, for listening. Um, it's been real. Hope you got something out of this episode. And uh, we'll be back next Thursday, 8 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, and if you have any comments or questions or concerns, you can pop over to greatdateguy.com. There's a chat box on the bottom right-hand corner. Um, yeah, we want to hear your feedback and questions. Anything you want to close out with, man? Yeah, man. Uh, I just want to thank one of our listeners uh, who always feeds me with some great questions. Uh, just want to give her a shout out mm. and uh, say thank you. And hopefully we answered some of the questions why um, why women go for the bad boy and why, you know, either one of those two are not, are not the move. It's actually this integrated version of the both of them who's grounded, rooted in himself um, and has healthy boundaries and yeah. Yeah. We are, we are grateful for you for bringing these questions that led to a pretty cool conversation. So thank you for that. Yeah, for sure. All right. I think that's it. Uh, we'll catch you around. Love you. Be good to yourselves. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. And uh, definitely, I just want to piggyback off of what Rob said. Be kind. Be compassionate. Be loving. Um, give yourself some grace, man. Being human isn't easy, man. We're all going through this thing together. So um, it's a little bit, It's a, in my experience, it's a little bit, easier of a ride when you can show yourself some love so show yourself some love Hell thank yeah. you